1: Welcome to another episode of the HR Chat Show. I'm your host today, Bill Bannum, and joining me on this episode is the super awesome, very cool Jennifer Paxton, who's the co-founder over at Jammer. Hey, Jen, welcome to the show today.
2: Hey, Bill, thanks so much for having me. Really great to be here.
1: So, Jen, beyond my very short introduction there, why don't you start by telling our listeners all about yourself? Don't tell them about Jammer just yet. We'll get into that shortly, but begin by telling them all about your career background and and your loves.
2: Sounds good. Uh, yes. So I actually, uh, I started off in the agency world, uh, but actually before I even jumped into agency, um, I went to school for opera. So I have a master's degree from Boston Conservatory in vocal performance, uh, specializing in the, the opera section. And then I jumped into uh, staffing and then uh, made the switch to in-house uh, to recruiting and uh, never left. I I kept scaling, uh, scaling startups, uh, smallest being 20 people and largest being around 300 when we uh when we started to really scale so it's been a fun ride so far Uh, but i i love startups they're my heart and soul
1: excellent thank you very much okay so now let's talk a little bit about jammer tell us uh tell us the mission
2: Yes. So Jammer's mission is to help companies to recruit and retain better with video content. So uh, a lot of companies are using video these days, and I don't want to get into too many things right now, but um, a lot of companies are using video and Jammer is a great platform for companies to use video, but in a scalable and very in a very authentic way too, is kind of our mission.
1: And uh, why do you guys believe that uh, video content is so powerful i mean by the way before you answer that question I, I should say that i'm one of those guys who on the weekend i will binge on youtube uh, when i've got a spare moment so uh, i'm I'm already sold but um what's, what's the power of video
2: yeah. I mean, every, everyone is uh, on video, you know, video is everywhere right now there. I can't, I can't look at my phone without seeing an Instagram reel or a TikTok or uh, something coming up on, on Facebook as well, or even on LinkedIn for that matter. Uh, and so we really believe that video is going to be the next future for candidate engagement and candidate attraction.
1: And on that engagement piece, what, why why is video more engaging? What what can that do for uh, potentially um, creating that bond between a potential employer and a potential employee?
2: Yeah, so video is a really great vehicle to show more of who somebody is as a human. It's not just words on a page. It's an actual person that is saying these things. And so it's a deeper connection right off the bat. Um, very, very different than, you know, just reading something versus having an employee that is at the company Tell you about a benefit that is really unique to them or really you know impactful for uh, to them. Um, candidates trust that as well more than um, just companies saying, "Hey, we're the best company out there. If your employees are saying it and they're saying it in video, it's something that is going to be not only more engaging but more authentic and, and candidates are going to trust it.
1: Okay, but not all candidates perhaps are going to be comfortable with having a video on. And I'm guessing that uh, a potential employer couldn't enforce that. They, they, they couldn't say, you know, it, it's compulsory that you have your video on. What, what happens in those situations when, when, uh, when the, for whatever reason, the candidate just doesn't want to turn their video on? Uh, is Is that going to run the risk of them perhaps not getting the job, do you think?
2: potentially uh but for for jammer in particular we're actually more on the employer branding side so it's employees that are recording their testimonials of the company why they love the company why they join the company what the interview process is like what a unique benefit is that really impacts them so the candidate interaction is only the candidate watching and ingesting the video it's not them recording the video on their side um that being said, there are definitely some employees that do not want to record a video or do not feel comfortable um, on video. And um, there are some times where that is just education and getting kind of some reps in will help. Uh, but other times it is saying, hey, it's, it's okay if you're not, um, you're not into video. There's many other ways that you can you know, help the company to you know, get their branding out there.
0: Genos North America is a global team of changemakers using emotional intelligence to enhance how we connect, communicate, and collaborate at work. And we are proud to support this episode of the HR Chat Podcast. Transforming essential people skills at work makes a difference to people's relationships outside of the workplace. Using our tools, people become better parents, partners, siblings, and friends. That's why we call our work game changing for business and life changing for people learn more at genosnorthamerica.com
1: I wonder because I mean I've seen from your profile you you post a lot of video content um, <laughs> and it seems to be pretty well received do you have any do you have any stats or maybe you could suggest some trends around how video content on platforms such as LinkedIn where a lot of our listeners hang out um, uh how how that's more engaging than say just a normal post a normal post a traditional (laughs) post with 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 an image or perhaps just text
2: yeah I mean I think the first thing the first thing is that you're using your normal speak you hopefully are not just reading off a script and sounding like a robot because people can tell um I think the world is okay with the ums and the ahs and the pauses or the oh I missed that word or you know the I lost track of whatever I was going to say kind of thing uh, within, um, within kind of postings. Uh, so I think that, you know, the smaller kind of micro content, the 15 to 30 seconds is really great because it gives people um, a taste of what uh, of what are who you are uh, and hopefully, you know, encourages them to, to dive in deeper and learn more versus kind of these highly produced um just long videos uh which people almost never get to the end of at this point
1: okay thank you very much let's uh let's now hone in on the importance of the employer brand then uh, what what trends are you seeing in employer branding at the moment uh, that are that are working pretty well at the moment and uh and what are you seeing as well that's not working so much
2: yeah well i think one of the trends that I'm really seeing that is working, and I think the reason that it is working is more for kind of the authenticity factor, um, companies are investing more in understanding what their actual employee value proposition is. So they are going to their employees, actually asking them the question of you know, why do you work here? what keeps you here, you know, what, what is unique about the company that you'd want to tell somebody from the outside. And then companies are actually using that data and that information to build their employer brand and their employee value prop as well, so that candidates are actually getting a real view of what it's like to work at the company. And I think that's a trend that I would like to see more and more companies doing uh, versus um, having you know a camera crew come in and film the the office and saying hey we have unlimited snacks come look at our ping pong table Ooh, we got cold brew on tap again all of those things are great but also um you know your employees are not just staying because of the cold brew
0: thanks for tuning in to the hr chat podcast if you're enjoying this episode we'd really appreciate it if you could subscribe and leave a five-star review on your podcast platform of choice and now back to the conversation
1: okay and in your opinion Jen uh, should employers let their their um, employee advocates that their, their, their employees who are willing to come on on video should they let them just run with it and say what they want should they uh, should there be some sort of vetting process there should they uh, brief them ahead of time if, if they do that then does it become less authentic what, what, what's your take on that?
2: I think that there is a level of kind of prep that employees can um, get from companies. Um, so I, I've written a few blog posts actually because not every person is, um, you know, familiar or has recorded a video on their phone before. I mean, most people probably have recorded a, a video on their phone before, but maybe not every single, um, you know, every single person. And so, um, and in a way that is actually really beautifully, I guess, like beautifully done. Uh, so whereas like there's different angles that people could use or the different kind of, um, distance that they are away from the camera. So there are different uh, ways that I think companies can help to educate their employees on how to record a video, uh, and, and hopefully make them feel more comfortable on video, because that's the thing that I want to get everyone to is having, everyone feel more comfortable on video because when you're more comfortable on video, you're more you. And that's what companies should be, you know, externally showing and, and showcasing. And that's actually what, you know, job seekers are looking for are the real people at the company. Um, you know, I think one thing that some companies maybe have done wrong is um, is kind of hire potentially higher actors for it. Or maybe there are um, there are kind of, uh kind of cherry picking a little bit of who who would be best on camera versus what is kind of the representation of the entire company
1: and by the way listeners uh the irony is not lost on me that we're recording an audio podcast here uh but before we hit record today i, I did say to jen um i, I yeah you know, i i host i host webinars once in a while and, and i um i very often host in-person events but um uh, when it comes to this particular show i like to turn the video off just before we hit record because i get into my audio podcast zone where i scrunch up my face and all the rest of it um so yeah the irony is not lost on me in this conversation yeah. today jen that's for sure
2: well and i mean i I am very expressive. So again, being in the theater, like I, right now you can't see me, but I am moving my hands and like, I get very passionate and I, I start to kind of move around more, which is probably not good for an audio podcast because you probably hear like the whizzing of my hands going by. Um, but it's really engaging on a video because, um, at least a, a moderate level, I'll say, is really engaging on a video because the person watching the video can feel your passion and it's almost like they know you. And again, like if they, if they get to know you, even a little bit of you, they trust you and hopefully, you know, they, they like you and want to hear more and want to hear more about your company. And so like, again, that's kind of the basis for these authentic videos that people can build through Jammer.
1: Okay. Thank you. So we are now living in a, A new world of of work—that's for sure. The, the pandemic accelerated a lot of the patterns that were going to happen over the course of this decade, of course. And uh, uh, one of those big changes is the fact that many companies now are fully remote or at least hybrid. And part of that, however, is that employees can feel lonely. Um, how how do you help to build connections between employees and and foster? An inclusive culture when employees are fully remote or at least (laughs) it's a hybrid environment
2: yeah and my so my last company that i supported um, was uh 65 people but in 19 countries and so there wasn't uh, as much potential overlap from a time zone perspective uh sometimes there wasn't as much of uh, a cultural overlap as well but there were different ways that we were able to tie people together, um, through either hobbies or, um, I, I actually personally love to, um, tie people together through food. So, uh, when world culture day came up, we had employees submit their favorite recipe, uh, because it was something that, you know, every, everybody eats. And so everybody can share a little piece of them through, um, food and kind of maybe something that, uh, is a kind of emotionally tying them together to that particular recipe or to that particular food or comfort food even. Um, but I, I tend to find different ways to connect people, not on a work level, but just on a, a human level. So, um, the other things that we, we encourage, and I, I definitely wholeheartedly want to support are um, people being more vocal about kind of their, their lives. So, I mean, I, um, again, we're not on video right now, but I have uh, two beautiful girls. Uh, One is four and one is eight and I have their artwork behind me. And I want people to see that I have kids and it is a part of me. And again, like you just, you take down some of those barriers of um, kind of the, the traditional work barriers, I guess, and, and get to be kind of that human person and share you know, share what makes you, you. And I think that starts to drive connections because sometimes people can see a little bit of them and you, or maybe they'll see something different that they've never experienced before. They didn't even know about. And so you're broadening their horizon. So it kind of works, it kind of works both ways. And, and I think that's also how people start to feel more included in, you know, in their companies and in their, um, in their roles when they, when they kind of feel accepted and and feel comfortable to bring themselves to work as well.
1: I agree. And again, listeners, before we hit record today, I I, I commented on on the beautiful artwork behind Jen in, in, in Jen's office there, Um, uh, lovely paintings by her kids. Uh, I've got a, I've got a toddler myself and um, I I felt like it was another way that you and I connected. So um, keep, keep doing that. Keep being authentic. It is, it is terribly important, Jen. Okay, so a lot of budgets and teams have been affected by this idea of right-sizing going on in the tech industry right now. How do you think HR professionals can do more with less?
2: Yeah, well, I think that, first off, this is a very challenging time for everyone to to kind of navigate and get through. And uh, with with some of the layoffs that have been happening, you know, people's teams are getting... um, Downsized, and they're ha- they're having almost being forced to do do more with less. Uh, but with that also comes opportunity. And one thing that I think um, I've I've built into my teams, but also mostly out of necessity because we are smaller teams. But there's a lot of cross training um, that has has gone on, and so um, I've I've seen this work really well. Um, where you know the talent team learns more about kind of the HR best practices or kind of learning and development Um, or actually um, one great, great example is a company who was going to lay off their entire talent team, but they repurposed um, some of them to their sales team or their marketing team so that they could keep the great people that they'd hired on staff, but re-leverage kind of their skills into a different part of the company. And I think that we can definitely do do more with less if we potentially repurpose and acknowledge kind of the transferable skills that we have and, and potentially lean in on that side of it. Um, but then the other side, I think too, is that um, there are different tools out there that are going to help um, from a, you know, planning perspective or from a, prioritization perspective as well. Um so maybe you're not having to spend as much of your time doing some of the uh more kind of administrative uh work. It can be, it can be more automated that way as well.
1: Jen, you're not gonna believe this. We are already coming towards the end of this particular episode of the <laughs> HR chat show. what Bill, I'm loving it. Don't stop now. Oh, no <laughs> <laughs> just uh just two more questions for you before we do wrap okay, up today. Hey, I've I've heard a ton of horror stories about how layoffs and return to work are being handled by companies. I I have lots of conversations with lots of people on this show. Uh, So as you can imagine, I've I've heard some I've heard some not great things about what's going on at the moment. What's what's a key thing that you see companies doing wrong at the moment?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that one of the, the themes that I keep seeing is people are communicating to their employees like they're not human. And I think it's really frustrating because um, the, the examples I would give are you know the, the emails that go out two weeks beforehand saying, hey, there's going to be a layoff. And then I think the companies expect that the employees are going to just keep going business as usual for those two weeks without really understanding the mental impact that they have just kind of thrown on their employees where they're living in fear for those two weeks until they have the answer. And so um, there's never, there's never going to be like a great layoff story. Um, Even, even kind of getting, you know, layoffs are just inevitably going to be horrible no matter how you slice it. Um, But um, companies are doing kind of those things where they're, yeah, they're, they're having, links of time where their employees are in limbo, uh, which is really challenging. And then at the same, uh, and then the other thing they're doing is that they are um, sending employees emails, mass emails to let them know that the company that they have been dedicating their life to, their blood, sweat, and tears to is saying bye without like anything else. So it's the most impersonal thing that they can do. Again, treating people like robots, not humans. And I keep I keep seeing them popping up on LinkedIn. I keep hearing hearing uh, from them from you know friends who have um, unfortunately been impacted. And every single time I keep coming back to you know I, I've had to do layoffs as well. Um, but I wanted to make sure that I could treat everyone, um, no matter how long it took us to have a live one-on-one conversation. And if I wasn't staffed up enough to do that, I would again potentially repurpose or get get additional support to come in to treat everyone with empathy and compassion because this until until something else happens is probably the worst thing that's happened to them in their career and you can't you don't want to you don't want to make it worse for them you know it's already going to be horrible because you're losing something that you've worked really hard for but then to find out via email or to not know for how many ever weeks, that just compounds that mental stress and mental anxiety. And people don't pull themselves out of that right after either. It's not, I mean, I haven't heard as many people just jumping into the job search the day they get let go either. Like people have to take time to grieve and to process it. And longer if they've, you know, had some of these horrible, you know, things additionally happen to them over just the news that they were getting laid off.
1: Yeah. And if it's been a particularly bad experience, not only will they perhaps write a nasty review about your company on uh, sites like Glassdoor, perhaps they'll take to video <laughs> and, and, and share it with the world that way. Uh, yeah. Which, as, as we know from this conversation, has even more engagement. So watch out, employers. Do it in the right way if you do have to make layoffs. Uh, over the course of uh, 2023
2: yeah and that and that's the that's the the crux of it too is it's not just it's not just an empathetic like treat people like humans but there's going to be a really adverse effect on your reputation as a company and it is very hard to come back from a bad reputation companies work years and years to dig themselves out of it when if they would have just done something just a little differently or, you know, thought, thought a little bit more about it or gave it like an extra two or three days to talk to two more people that are in the people team on it, maybe they could have avoided it. And I just, it it breaks my heart sometimes to see it happen because some of them could have been avoided.
1: Jen, let's leave on an upbeat note. Yes, please. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, How can our listeners connect with you personally? So uh, maybe you might want to share your LinkedIn details, your email. I bet given the video conversations we've had today, you're probably all over TikTok. And of course, how can they learn more about all the cool things happening over at Jammer?
2: Yes. Yes. Well, I, um, I mostly post my content actually on LinkedIn because a lot of just the community I am in is on LinkedIn. So please feel free to find me on LinkedIn. I am Jennifer Paxton and, uh, and then, yeah, if you, if anybody wants more information on Jammer, I would love to talk to, uh, talk to them about the the company and how they can, um, recruit and retain better with video content. Um, we are just, um, jammer.com. So that's J A M Y R dot com. Uh, and, uh, and then yeah, feel free to email me as well. I'm Jen at jammer.com.
1: Okay. You hear that listeners? It's jammer time. Get involved. Uh, <laughs> Jen, that just leaves me to say for today, I think you're awesome. I love what you're doing. Keep doing it. Thank you very much for being my guest on this episode of the HR chat show.
2: Thank you, Bell. I had such a great time
1: and listeners as always until next time, happy working.
0: Thanks for listening to the HR Chat Show. If you enjoyed this episode, why not subscribe and listen to some of the hundreds of episodes published by HR Gazette. And remember, for what's new in the world of work, subscribe to the show, follow us on social media, and visit hrgazette.com.